Welcome everyone. I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana. And we're here at 318 Latino Studios for Shreveport Bossier, my city, my community, my home. And I can't wait to have today's discussion. We have a super special guest. It is Andrew Crawford. Andrew, thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, of course. <laughs> All right, Andrew. So you are part of the Atkins Crawford family. I am. I am. One of the most philanthropic and important families in the history of Shreveport. Can you talk some about your family's history in the community and just some about how you were raised? So uh, we grew up right next to Centenary College. That was uh, off Centenary Boulevard. So grew up going to Centenary basketball games, things like that. My, my uncle Bill Atkins was very involved in uh, education. He was very involved at Centenary. He was very involved in Southfield, and my father was as well. And then John Atkins has followed the lead on it and just... And for clarity for people, so Uncle Bill is John's dad. Was John's dad. He was my great uncle. We, we called him Uncle Bill. But uh, I think they, they saw an importance to education, saw an importance of, of, hey, if you have a good education, you can succeed. So that, that's why they always wanted to support Centenary, always wanted to support Southfield, the areas around it. My, uh, neither of them went to Centenary. They just, they just had a love for it and still do. And your dad, didn't he, was your, did your dad ever teach at Centenary? He, it's funny you say that. When bef He likes to say before he had kids and had more time, he, uh, he taught Greek and Latin at Centenary. And Andy Sheehy told me a story about how my dad never used scantrons. And he said he always had these essay tests and they were really hard. And I finally asked my dad about it. And he laughed and he said, well, I think essay tests are better. He's like, also, I was a new teacher. I didn't know how to use the Scantron machine. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, I, I didn't want to ask anyone how to use the Scantron machine. So I just, I just did essay questions. So uh, and your dad's like always, your dad's very into history. Very. Uh, he, he loves reading, encouraged, always encouraged us to read as much as we could. And, uh, and always trying to learn something that he hadn't learned yet, which is not much, I feel like. Uh, but uh, you can always find him reading at the house when he when he's at, at home, not and working. And your mom was like, I know I took You violin. took violin from oh, mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so. Uh, she'd kill me for saying this. I'm the only music school dropout. Uh, all four of us took violin, and I'm, I'm highly dyslexic and never did well at reading music. So finally, it was just such a such a hard thing for me. She said, I, I, "I've acknowledged that this is not your forte, and that's where I, I, I excelled in computers. I excelled in other things, but uh, my my seven year old's now taking violin uh, from from my mom's program. So she's uh, we're trying to continue it. And she was, I think, when I was a kid, if I'm not mistaken, she was based at Centenary. She still is. She's okay. so Centenary Suzuki School teaches violin, cello, and viola. So, and they, they have, it's a wonderful program. That's where my my younger brother uh, came up, and he uh, we like to say he's the prodigy out of the group because he he's played at Juilliard, Juilliard, uh, or went to Juilliard, uh, uh, played in Russia, played at the Louvre. And uh, 
and it's just played all over. And that's so, John Henry. That's John Henry. And there's four of you, right? There's yeah. four of us. Okay. He, he recently played at Carnegie Hall, so he, we're very proud of John Henry. And so there's four of you. How many are here? And there's two of us are here. Okay. Uh, Robert, my older brother, is here, and he works at, at the family office. Uh, and Which is Atco, Atco. or okay. Uh, and then uh, and Atco is, if I'm not mistaken, it's um, John Atkins, your dad Ed, mm -hmm. and your brother. And right. That's the immediate family. Okay. That's a part of it. They're, they're, they have a big group up there, but and then. Uh, yeah, Robert moved back um, and uh, got married, just recently had a kid, and is putting down roots here. Uh, my, my older brother, Edward, lives in Fort Worth. Uh, we, we like to tease him. We're like, you're, you're a little closer. You're not home yet. Uh, and John Henry it lives in New York. Okay. So he, the, music, the music aspect, he has to be near music hubs. So. Yeah. And I'll, I'll move off the family, but just... Um, I know you grew up on Centenary Boulevard. Just how many, like how far back does your family's connection to that area of town, uh, not to put you on the spot or ask you too hard of... No, I don't know all of it, but um, a distant family relative, my dad would would know more than this than me because he's told me, but uh, helped develop that property and, and also uh, gave the property for Centenary to move them uh, to their current location. So the Gladstone area was a development from a, a very distant relative. So I, my wife and I, my kids, that were currently living in my grandmother's house right next to my dad. My dad's living in his grandmother's house. So we laughed. We just kind of flip-flopped. We, uh, we were living in the house he grew up in. And how many homes are there? Sorry, I, I lied. I'm not going to tell it. How many homes? Are, so there, you're you're on um, Gladstone, and then there's an Atkins Circle, or what is Centenary that? Centenary Circle. Centenary Circle. How many homes are there? Three, there's three homes. Okay. So uh, the other one is, is uh, John Atkins. And so there's only three back there. Uh, okay. But... It's a it's a fun little area. Uh, there's there's foxes and owls and because there's still some wooded area back there, so it's it's fun to see uh, nature in the middle of the city. Well, you guys have done so much for this community, so let's let's move away from some of that. Um, I want to get into your specifics. Um, I may miss some of this, but you are owner or part owner of Three Rhino Coffees, Cuban Liquor, Jacqueline's Cafe. And the Crawford Design Group, and then and then a roasting facility. Okay. So yeah. And what is that called? Uh, Rhino Coffee Labs. So we, just to highlight that, we about three years into it, we realized that we wanted a higher quality coffee. We we're buying all of our coffee from Texas. I was pushing the roasters there. I was like, Hey, do you want anything better? Like, and then. I, I was reviewing resumes and uh, John Mackey, a friend, uh, later became a good friend of mine. I was looking at his resume and he had roasting experience. So I, we hired him as a barista and then I started bugging him like, hey, do you want to start roasting? And one Christmas, we, we bought this tiny roaster that fit on this counter. And that was back when we had just one store. And he came to me in January and was like, I spent 50 hours a week roasting coffee for that one store and that's when we realized oh my gosh we have to expand if we want to keep doing this so john and i picked out a roaster and it, it now 
it now does a lot more. Uh, but that that was that was how the roasting facility started. And was, that's housed next to Rhino Downtown, or it, it's no longer. We're on Texas Avenue, so we we moved out of okay. we we kind of outgrew our space. And the other thing is the the space next door. It worked out great because William O'Brien purchased the building later, so we probably. He rehabbed the whole building. So we moved out about a year before William purchased the building, but it, it had no windows. So the new space we went into uh, had windows and the, the team was just ecstatic. They were like, oh my gosh, we, we have natural light. So you're on, if I'm headed north on Common, you're now on the west side of Texas? We are, we're very close to Herbie Case. Okay. So, and we partnered with a nonprofit um, and moved to that area. Okay, so. perfect. and. Um, I've read or listened to numerous interviews with you and, and, and building community is a theme you come back to quite often in, in these discussions I've, I've heard with you. Uh, my question is, how do you explain your commitment to this community and your almost unmatched drive to give back to it and make it better? Well, the, the community is important for us. I mean, we always say, I, I remember an interview I did early on where we were talking about Rhino Uptown and I was talking about the community, the neighborhood. And finally at the very end, he's like, and the coffee? I was like, oh yeah, the, the coffee's great. Uh, but it, it was more of a scenario of, um, I came from a town that had a, a really unique coffee shop where- um, Waco. Waco. We, we, we would, you'd know everyone there. And I mean, there were architects reviewing plans. There were students uh, studying, and I got back to Shreveport and, and missed it. And uh, less the coffee, I did miss the coffee, but more the community of uh, not just an in and out, grab your cup and go. So th that was why when we did our first store, we wanted to do. We were very strategic. We wanted to do a coffee house, not in a strip center or anything like that. The first store we wanted to do was a house and make it warm and eclectic uh, because we wanted it to be a, a space where you could meet and have a, a book club or an architectural, like review a plan. Uh, and we do, we have a lot of that. We have board games, we have things like that. So uh, the only reason we, we've, we're still here is because the community accepted us. And so we, we want to give back to the community because that's the only reason we're here. Yeah. So. And you've done an amazing, I mean, you feel that in there, you've done an amazing job creating that and achieving that. <laughs> Um, all right. So many, many cities similar size to us have large universities and or sports teams that bring those communities together. We probably will never have either of those things here in Shreveport Bossier. My question is, what do you see personally that can help unify us more in the future as a community or help bring us together more than we are today? I, th I think finding common ground for people. I mean, ev everyone wants, I mean, all my cohorts want Shreveport to do better. Uh, there are things that frustrate us. There are things that, uh, that are, are hard to, to see, but trying your best to always be positive. Hey, there is still a change that needs to happen. There are things that we need to do to make Shreveport better. But if you're always complaining about Shreveport, like, especially if you go on Facebook and you see, oh, everyone's bashing Shreveport. Well, no one's going to move here. No one's going to take a risk here uh, if we're just constantly highlighting 
our, our flaws, uh, it, highlighting the positive things. The, the, I mean, we have a port, we have centenaries growing. I mean, there's all sorts of things going on that is exciting to see about, I mean, centenary, I mean, South, sorry, Treeport that sometimes get, I think get overlooked. Yeah, no, totally agree. I love that finding common ground. Um, as you well know, uh, one of our major issues here, you know it as well as anyone because you're an employer, is, is the fact that we export so much of our talent. Yeah. Um, in your opinion, how do we do a better job here retaining our best and brightest? I mean, that's hard because uh, um, uh, talent's going to go where they can make money, in my opinion. So, I mean, I, I think having the GM plant come back is a positive thing. I, I'll tell you a story. The way I got back to Shreveport was I was trying to apply for a job in Austin, sent out resumes. It was, it was, it was hard. Um, came back to visit my father for the weekend and ran into Stephen Vacovius, and he literally hired me on the spot. He's like, I'm, I'm desperate for people. So, I mean, he, he grew his company so big. I mean, there were 15, 20 guys working for Steven and he was having trouble finding more. So, I mean, that, that would be a question from how do you get more IT? How do you get more of the technology-based people into Shreveport? Because I think that's a big deficiency of um, people who know about that, those aspects. Do you feel, uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of cover this a little bit in the next two questions I asked, but do you feel like you've been back since 2008, is that right? Or 2010. 2010. 2010. Yeah. So in all 13 years that you've been back here, I mean, is it, I mean, this is a uh, not a totally fair question or easy <laughs> question, but do you feel like things are better 13 years later? I mean, do you look around and go, God, things feel so much better or feel better now than they did when I arrived back here, back home in 2010. I think there's more unique opportunities. I mean, when I first moved back to Shreveport, people would talk about there's nothing to do in Shreveport. And on the weekend, the only thing you do is, is go out and have eat dinner and have a drink. Um, and you think about it, I mean, there's always a festival. There's always an event. There's always something going on in Shreveport. Um, so I, I kind of laugh when people say that now because I'm like, you're just not looking. Like there, there's plenty of things going on, even the yard program and stuff all the time. So I mean, uh, when when we moved back, Norton wasn't doing anything, and now they're they're doing events, they're doing movies on the lawn. So I think the culture culture is improving. I think there's there's still a lot to go, uh, but that might be a little above my pay grade. <laughs> Well, um, let's talk specifically, I mean, in addition to what you just said. So as you look around, talk to me above and beyond things you've already mentioned, but just talk to me about some of the things that concern you the most. Just as you look around your community, this community, what, what keeps you up at night? And uh, uh, Downtown worries me a little bit. We have a store in downtown, and um, it, I've been pretty open about it. It's, it's, it's never gotten back to pre-COVID numbers, and I... I, I I know why, and a lot of people realize they they don't have to go in the office during COVID, and a lot of companies realize you can do remote work. Uh, but uh, I think downtown's our central business district, and um, Grayson Bush, I ran into him, he's like, I feel like that's everyone's district because in every district you have people who work downtown. So how, how do we keep downtown from kind of turning into a ghost town? Um, that, and that's where just... 
for so people out there know that's where ATCO that we mentioned earlier, that's where they're centered as well. They're yeah. centered there as well. And I mean, you see it, we, there are no banks left. I mean, there are no big banks left in downtown. There's still Red River Bank. There's, I think, Cadence, but Regions is gone. Uh, and then uh, some of the other bigger Chase is gone. Some of the other bigger banks have moved out. So they're probably not coming back. So what, what do we, how do we reinvent downtown? And that, that's a, that's a big question. What do you do with all these buildings? What do you, you can't turn them all into restaurants because there's not enough people to eat <laughs> at all of them downtown. So you can, it sounds like the apartments are doing very strong. Um, so do you turn it into more of a living district um, or, or something else or, or lean on the IT and the technology? But all, all conversations I've heard, I, I don't know how much I, input I have other than seeing seeing the numbers, seeing the less people downtown, more people kind of staying in the suburbs, which I don't blame anyone. I mean, it, that COVID opened up a lot of eyes to, hey, I don't have to go into the office nine to five every day. I can still be productive. Um, and, and it shifted the work environment. And I agree with you, though. I mean, I, you know, I, we, we've, we've had other discussions on here. Um, I mean, I kind of look at downtown as, I mean, it is, I feel like it's a spinal cord of a city. I mean, it's, it's where things start. And if that's not strong, it it seems like that, that is problematic for the city structure as a whole. Well, and that's where, that's where city maintenance is. I mean, that's where city hall is. That's where you go to do business. Um, and, and that's where downtown Y is. Yeah. So, uh, but there, there's outward growth. That just how do you backfill it? That's the question. Is is there's Southern Loop? There's all those areas where everyone's growing, but are we just are we are we expanding? Or are we just traveling? Uh, oh, sorry, that's good. Yeah. So like, how do you backfill those areas with more more infrastructure or more technology and things like that? Well, you guys are playing a critical role in that. I mean. Downtown Rhino is, I mean, you go there and it feels like one of the most vibrant, vital, important pieces and fixtures in downtown. And We love downtown. I mean, it, and it's, it, I, everyone thought I was crazy for moving down here, but the developer really wanted a coffee shop. Hey, the original developer of that building was like, I have this vision for this building and it, I want people in the lobby hanging out. And that that's having meetings, having lunch. And he had a, he had an eye for it. I mean, he, he took three buildings that were boarded up and, and two of them were slated for demolition and rehabbed them and put them back on the tax roll. Who was that? Just that was Roland Von Kernatowski. And he, he's passed away and okay. his sister inherited it and then sold it. But he, uh, he was the one that was kind of behind Tipitina's early on. Is that right? He was behind Tipitina's. He was behind the Orpheum in New okay. Orleans. Uh, he renovated that. After Katrina, they, I think they just boarded it up after Katrina. So okay. he he was the one. Like, he'd come up once a week and and check on the building. But it took. He told me he's like there were tax credits and the city gave me the building, and it still barely made sense. But so I, I think more of that of like, hey, we have an empty building and we have this person who wants to develop it. Like make it appealing, make because he's full. I mean that that building's full. It's got. I think it's got 28 lofts in it. Wow. And and it, it's got a, I don't know if it's got a wait list, but every time someone moves out, someone else moves in. And there's, there's, there's a lot of Air Force guys up there. There's a lot of, 
there's a good mixture of people in that building. And it's just fun to see a building that all my life was bricked in. And now it's, it's, it's lit up at night. And even talking Gregory Kallenberg, he, he used to put his logo on the side of the building, uh, because it was just a brick wall. Uh, and now, now it's, it's all the lights are on in there and it's fun to see. And your next door neighbors are now open and they're are... open. William O'Brien's group is open and they, they put a, they did a bunch of research, found the original sign. It looks put, beautiful. I mean, it's gorgeous. He yeah. got that up right before, uh, uh, film price. So <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Yeah. So it's fun to see that part of the, and what will be there? What What's going to be happening at Coop's corner exactly? It's office space. Okay. So William, William's family rented the top floor. Okay. And then I don't know if you know, Delton, yeah. uh, they rented part of the bottom and then there's, there's a handful of other people in there. So okay. there's still some open spaces, but, uh, but it, it's fun to see, especially we saw it because we roasted in there. So we saw kind of, it was an old building. I mean, it, it, they did a ton of work to that space. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Any of you guys are driving, um, head north on Common, take a right on Texas. It's on your left right before you get to Rhino. It's a it's a fun building to look at, especially at night, because he's got the building all lit up. And uh, and the marquee, he, they did a great job on the, the sign. I mean, so it, it's fun to just slowly start seeing that, that block kind of fill in. I mean, they... Uh, there's an old CPA firm that Drayden Dunn and his wife mm-hmm. bought, and they're working on renovating that. So it's uh, there are not many empty spaces on those two blocks left. I mean, because you got uh, you got the Robinson, you have got all that stuff. So, well, this wasn't a set question, but how do we uh, just talking to you, looking at you, knowing a good bit of your story? I mean, how do we how do we produce more Andrew Crawfords? I don't know if you need that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, no, I just, I mean, I had a... But, I mean, there's a certain fearlessness about you. There's a certain, I mean, you know, whether, I mean, even just downtown opening that spot at Rhino, it's like, I mean, you were pioneering in that effort, and, I mean, that took a lot of guts. And Well, and part of it, I, I have to say, the developer, he was... I was like, I don't have the cash to do this. And he's like, I'll do it. I want it to be good. So like we, we were going to put steel countertops in and he was like, no, I want granite. I was like, that's, that's outside my budget. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. But I mean, uh, someone asked me, they're like, everything you do does well. And I was like, I just don't publicize the things that don't do well. Like (laughs) I I have, like we had a store and not a ton of people know this. We had a store in Bossier. I never knew that. And it lasted for a year and failed. A rhino? A rhino. It failed. I never knew that. Uh, and, it was in a government building that was restricted access. So we never really publicized it, but that, that was a hard thing was when I had to go to them and say, Hey, we got to shut it down. Um, and cause we're just, we're hemorrhaging money out here and that, that's hard. Uh, but it, it got easier. I mean, it, it was a way to, I was spending a lot of time out there trying to make it work. And finally I realized I, I don't know how to make this work. Uh, and when I hit that point, I was like, okay, I, I need to shut this down and cut it off. Um, so yeah, it was, it was hard to fail that one. Um, and it, it took some, it took a little while to bounce back from that, but it, um, I like to say we did. <laughs> yeah, I would say I had no idea. And I've done hours and hours of research on you. I've never, never came across that. Uh, it was it was in the general dynamics building. It <laughs> okay. was yeah. Okay. So it was. I was thinking as you were saying that I was thinking maybe it was on the in the government complex uh, on Benton Road, but yeah. And they they were they were 
as accommodating as they could to be us. Like they, they, they didn't charge us rent, didn't charge us utilities, things like that. But because they saw it as an amenity, they. But that goes back to the hiring. They were supposed to have 600 people in there. We opened. They had 300, and they were struggling to find the six, the other 300 people. So um, we realized we had to have everyone in the building come see us at least once a day. I was like, that's just not realistic. Um, and that, that was the challenge was they, if they'd had 600, um, it, it might've been easier for us to operate, but they, they were having trouble finding people. Um, so it goes back to your earlier question of how do you, how do you get these role, these quit exporting people? Yeah. I don't have the answer to that. Hopefully you do. No, I, I definitely don't. I mean, my, my answer is talk to as many people as I can. So that's what I do once a week is talk to people like you that hopefully over time they can we can kind of put the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. Um, so my final formal question for you, and after that we'll come back and just see if there's anything else we didn't hit that you want to hit. But it's just what gives you hope as you kind of look out, wake up each morning in Shreveport Bossier? What gives you hope that... You know, things are trending or that we're headed in the right direction here. I think I, I, I personally see more people trying. I see more people like you're walking, see more people renovate houses, trying to put stuff back into operation. The, 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 the GM building, all those announcements obviously give hope. I mean, that okay, things are picking up. Things are picking up. People are working, trying to make Shreveport better. And I think it's, I don't think it'll ever be, okay, we're done. I mean, I think you always have to have a horse trying. Um, and I think that that's what gives me hope. And and I, I love Shreveport. I want to I wanna keep it the same, not the same way, but make sure it's, it's just as strong for our kids. And hopefully they want to come back at some point in time. We'll never restrict that, obviously. But make it somewhere where people enjoy. And let's talk about that for a second. So you're how old exactly? 37. Okay. And you have how many kids? I have two. Okay. What are those? How old are they? I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. Okay. What conversations, if any, at this point are you having with your kids about their city, their community? Uh, is it, and, and, you know, did you have those with Ed and Laura growing up? Um, I'm just curious, like, you know, what is being transmitted to that next generation uh, coming behind you? Uh, you know, that's hard. They're, they're still kind of young. Okay. So we're like a friend of mine's a firefighter. So we'll take them up to the fire station and teach them about, Hey, these are firefighters. These are people who keep us safe. And these are, and then uh, I've got some police friends. So we're trying to get kind of the basics down right now. Of like, Hey, these are, these are police officers. If someone, if you're in trouble, you can call the police. Uh, but we, we haven't really gotten into the nuts and bolts of, uh, of Shreveport yet. Uh, um, other than there's a reason we lock our doors. We like, you want to, at night we turn an alarm on. Uh, so they, they ask interesting questions. That's We're like, why do we need an alarm? And so it, it's, it's interesting to see how kids, interpret things um and i'm assuming my parents we asked the same questions yeah. i just didn't know like they're like what happens when the alarm goes off and uh, things like that uh, <laughs> so I, we haven't gotten much more detailed than that uh it probably will eventually yeah. uh, but we try and expose them to the mu- as much shreveport as we can i mean 
my my daughter says that sweet port is her office she's like can we go to my office <laughs> so, smart girl i know she's figured it out i told jeff that the other day and he loved it <laughs> yeah i'm sure well so, andrew i appreciate yeah, so much you. um you making time to be here um i mean i i, I more than commend you I, i'm i'm kind of in awe of all that you do and oh, i appreciate um, that it's 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 extraordinary um is there anything that we didn't i mean i didn't hit crawford design group but i will tell people out there um they handle our services at the ymca and do a fantastic job as well as many other people's um but is there anything else that i didn't ask you or that you feel is really important to kind of communicate or share or say today no i just uh i i just love seeing the Shreveport Essentials, like I'm, we're part of the Strand and went down there the other day uh, for Charlie Brown Christmas. And I just, uh, we have so many assets that sometimes even I forget about being at the Strand and where I'm on the board, but I don't go into, like we go in this closed room for board meetings. Not often do I go on the stage and look up and be like, oh my gosh, someone built this. And then, I mean, the municipal, all those things are just really cool parts of Shreveport that, I'm excited to expose my children to when the time comes. I mean, is 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 the gems of Shreveport? I, I love that. I've never heard the term Shreveport essential, but uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a I'm a run with that, and I'm gonna call you one. You are a Shreveport essential, and uh, appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely.